1: Hey, welcome to episode 44 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertson, the host of the podcast and also the coordinator of the training program in the ALPO. Thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations from various solar system bodies and associated phenomena, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication known as the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast depends upon donations from you, our listeners, to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon by giving as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even more generous, for $5 you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of ten dollars, you receive a copy of the Novice Observers Handbook, the official handbook of the training program. And for $35 a month, you'll receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon. That's ncom slash observers notebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, you can for as little as $14 a year. For more information, go to our website. It's www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on the Facebook. The ALPO, just search for ALPO Astronomy. And also this here podcast has its own Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe. That way, you will never miss another episode of the podcast. And now, the Observer's Notebook. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook podcast. We have a special guest today, Jim Phillips, the coordinator of the Lunar Dome section of the ALPO. Welcome to the podcast, Jim.
0: Well, thanks very much. Actually, I'm the assistant coordinator. Oh, okay. Rafe Lena is the coordinator.
1: Okay. I heard the assistant does most of the work, though. Isn't that true?
0: I, I, well, we do what we're told. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Well, why don't you give everybody a little bit of background about yourself before we get started?
0: Okay. I am 67 years old, live in Charleston, South Carolina. Got my first telescope in 1965 for my birthday, and I've had a telescope ever since.
1: What was that telescope?
0: It was the little Gilbert 80X. I think it's like a two-inch reflector.
1: <laughs> reflector, huh?
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I kept a notebook with my observations, and I've kept a journal ever since. So I've got a stack of uh, astronomy journals in my library. Mm-hmm. I'm a pathologist by profession, married, got three kids. Oh, and, um None are interested in amateur astronomy, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay.
1: That's good. Are you retired?
0: Semi-retired. I work about a half, I own my own laboratory, and I have about enough business for a half a day work, which is perfect for me. That's good.
1: good. Gives you more time for observing. Exactly. Uh, All right. Well, how did you get uh, involved with the ALPL?
0: Well, where I grew up was uh, very much light polluted. So it was the moon and planets and maybe double stars or nothing pretty much. And I'm sure through sky and telescope, somehow I got uh, uh, information on the ALPO and started sending in observations, drawings of uh, Jupiter probably in the mid-70s, maybe late 70s, something like that. Sounds and like sort you of, got
1: started around the same time I did then, same time.
0: Yeah, came and went, and um, then in the mid-'80s, I really got my first big telescope. I, I was able to find an R.E. Brandt Acromat 8-inch lens, about an F-13, something like that, very colorful, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and got Tom Dobbins to build me a telescope using uh, irrigation pipe, and so when I got that 8-inch refractor going, somehow I had heard about the ALPO Lunar Dome Survey and had read about it. Patrick Moore was one of the, the guys I loved reading, and, and I had an interest in the moon because my initial telescopes were so very small. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote uh, John Westfall. And I said, I know you had a lunar dome survey in the past. Can you send me the catalog or the atlas or whatever was the, the uh, end result of that? Because I'm going to start looking for a new dome with my uh, new telescope. So I want to know what's already on, on the books, already cataloged. And he said that the uh, survey had never been completed and sort of talked me into becoming the director. And um, I agreed, but it's sort of funny. I agreed thinking I was going out with a group of folks to start searching for new domes. And I was contacted by the previous uh, director, Harry Jamieson, Um, and he says, uh, look, don't be looking for new domes. You need to take all the data that we have and try to get that information uh down to uh, a, a final form and i tried that for a number of years but it just it really wasn't satisfying because i was never able to actually go out and observe and take images or try to actually look for any new lunar domes the time was spent <clears throat> excuse me doing paperwork oh. uh I don't know if you remember those Sky and Telescope four-quadrant moon maps, which were big, and I, you know, I took every observation I could find, and I put an X on that map where the coordinates uh, were. But the problem was you ended up with, say, a 100-mile area with five Xs in it. Was that five different domes, or one dome observed five different times, just not the exact coordinates? Right. But anyway, at the end, somehow... Uh, Harry and I were able to put it all together and come up with uh, a catalog which was published in the uh, journal of the alpo and then he took over for a little while after that and then I think the the um, the area died again
1: yeah it had been uh, inactive for quite a while yeah yeah uh, so what type of telescope do you use right now
0: I use a ten-inch refractor and a ten-inch Maxitoff Cassegrain. I've got. Uh, you have an observatory. Max- I have two observatories, and I have a third site which does not have an observatory. But the uh, obviously a ten-inch refractor is in an observatory, right. and the ten-inch Maxitoff is as well. Yeah, I know
1: astronomers our age we're looking to downsize now because putting the telescope on top of a mountain is getting a little bit more difficult the older I get I'm like oh these back problems are now showing up so it's, it's-
0: oh absolutely'm I'm, I'm at a situation now trying to decide I've got some other telescopes trying to decide about selling one or two of the other ones I have for the for the reason you you just mentioned it 67 I'm just done with taking these big telescopes apart the pier the mount and uh, moving them back and forth from places. So I'm trying to get everything set so that whatever's in my observatory that's at right. this point stays that's, and we don't switch around.
1: That's good. So let's, let's start off with what is a lunar dome? And that's a, that's, a, that's a term that I'm sure a lot of our listeners have probably never heard before. So give me the 5,000 foot level of what, what is a lunar dome?
0: A lunar dome is a volcanic structure on the moon which is uh, formed by either magma coming up through the crust through a vent or a, or a central uh, crater-lit looking area. It's not a crater-lit, obviously. And the magma piles up on the surface of the moon and forms a dome-like structure. The other way is for the magma to push up from under the uh, crust of the moon and get the crust to bow or bow, I'm sorry, bow outward and again form a dome like structure, but not break through the surface. So when you're looking, uh, these are pretty much, but not all, uh, you know, low uh, swellings that are best seen right along the Terminator. And um, where the shadows are best. Some of the ones like uh, Malichius Pi or obviously the Marius Domes are easily seen in, uh, away from the Terminator. But um, after I finished uh, with the ALPO, uh, Ray Lena, who is now the uh, coordinator for the ALPO Lunar Dome Project, formed a group called the Geologic Research Group, Geologic, GLR, geologic lunar researches, and uh, four of us primarily started looking for lunar domes, and his uh, interest was in describing exactly what each dome was like, uh, what are the characteristics of this dome, that dome, forming a catalog, and forming an atlas. And um, we worked together probably about four or five years and finished up with a uh, book which was published by Springer in 2013 called Lunar Dome's Properties and Formation Processes. Hmm. But um, we never totally finished either. It's, It's interesting that if you look back, whether you're talking about Patrick Moore or the ALPO or NASA or anybody, no one has really completed... A catalog and atlas other than maybe an atlas of you know a hundred or 50 or something like that so I think and you'd have to clear this with Ralph Rafe I think uh, the idea is to continue surveying uh, for domes if we come across a new one that's great Um, and the GLR when we did this we made a pact that said nobody gets credit the GLR gets all the credit and that's the way we're going to be with the Alpo because I was the primary photographer. I would spend night after night after night going up and down the lunar terminator and taking pictures of anything that looked like a dome, sending it to Rafe and um, Christian. And those two guys would make the models and come up with the dimensions and, you know, just, they did all the work. So, it wasn't fair for me to say i quote discovered quote a new lunar dome i came across ones that had not been cataloged before but rafe and christian really did all the work so we the glr got all the credit nobody got to stand out as the right. the discoverer of anything and um Hopefully, with the ALPO, we're just going to continue what we were doing with the GLR, which is trying to get a really comprehensive map and catalog of uh, lunar domes, knowing that it will probably never be completely uh, uh, figured out. I mean, as soon as you say there's 832, I'm going to come up and find 833. But there is a point at which... um, we are going to feel comfortable that we've got a catalog that has the domes described. That's all in Rafe's realm. I'm the photographer and I'm the assistant who's going to um, do whatever he asks. And as far as members of the ALPO, we are interested in observations. Uh, Images are great. Obviously it's easier to uh, figure out the coordinates and the slope angle and all that from Uh, an image than a drawing but if you only do drawings we're interested in that too just make sure you have the right time and you very important to um really work hard on getting the shadow size correct, um so that we can use the calculations to figure out the size and slope angle and then you know basically even from a drawing rafe then goes to um and I don't know which atlases and lunar spacecraft uh, photographs and spectrographs and on and on and on, but once he has a dome uh, spotted that's not in our catalog, he will go to uh, to figure out from spectrographic studies from uh, lunar orbit what the titanium content is, what type magma the surface is made of. Really? and and uh, so you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have a C-14 and be a, the imager uh, that Damien Peach is. <laughs> but by um, by uh, finding uh, these objects and figuring out where they are, then Rafe takes it from there, believe me. Wow. I was, uh I got um, an incredible image of sunset on the Couchy uh, region which uh, the Couchy double reel you know there are domes uh, there. everybody knows about them but I got a picture that showed a number of domes I had never seen before and I got it to Rafe and he wrote an article which I think is either coming out or just came out in the the BAA uh, going through who knows a dozen un- uh, catalog domes so it's, there's a lot of work to be done out there if you're interested and images are best but drawings are perfectly fine and we can go with a drawing and, and uh, go to the resources and figure out all kinds of information.
1: Now are there classifications of the different types of lunar domes?
0: Yes um, it's, it's written out in detail in um, the book, but uh, Rafe right now is working on a better sort of layman's term uh, uh, write up on the classification that will be published in the Journal of the Alpo, I think the next issue. So, okay. uh, so you will know what the classifications are and um. Okay.
1: Now, is there a limit to the size? I mean, I'm sure if most of them are volcanic. In, yeah. in, in origin, is there a limit to what you're looking for? Like, if you see a domed feature, but something's going to draw the line and say, "This is not a dome. This is just a normal feature on the moon or a mountain or something."
0: Right. I, you know, I, I don't want to draw any hard and fast rules on that, but I can remember sort of in my mind limiting myself when I was doing. Uh, imaging for the GLR to about three kilometers. Okay. Uh, anything smaller than that, how would you know what it is? Right. And most of the things we found, it wasn't that they were tiny, it was that uh, you just needed the right lighting conditions to be able to see them.
1: Now that's the key. Like you mentioned earlier, on the Terminator is probably the best Yeah. when you have a shadow. Now, talking about the size of the lunar domes that you, you look for, that leads us to what type of equipment would you recommend for this? A for telescope. This? <laughs> okay. A telescope. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. If it's
0: a reflector, make sure you've got it collimated and it's uh, it's reached thermal equilibrium. Um, I'm. It's kind of like allergic to what aperture do you need? Okay. Because when I first got into amateur astronomy, I was 100% gung ho. But my biggest telescope was a four-inch reflector, four and a quarter-inch Edmund reflector, mm-hmm. and I kept reading that you could use a four-inch refractor, but you needed a six-inch reflector to do anything useful. <laughs> I remember those conversations, yeah. And I I was heartbroken, yeah, because I I grew up in a very uh, modest income area, and I had worked all summer to get the money to buy that Edmund. Mm-hmm. Uh telescope and later i was able to get a, a six inch dinoscope, which was lovely. probably one of the best telescopes i have ever owned here
1: here Arnie. i bought one i worked all summer at a bicycle fa- factory made <laughs> made 240 total the entire summer and spent yeah. every dime of it on that telescope and i wish i still had it today
0: i do too it was i remember the first night i went out with it uh I turned it on Jupiter, and I, I just lost my yep. breath. I, I saw, I've I got a drawing of it, actually. It was like six bands and zones, mm-hmm. and I had never seen anything like that with any of my other I, telescopes. I, I hear you. Ugh, to have one of those again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that, was, that was fun. Yeah. Now, great. Since, since the section is reborn, do you have contributors, new contributors already starting, or what are you looking for?
0: No, we just, um, probably within the last month, uh, uh, have agreed to do this. And uh, Rafe already had a, a um, an article r- ready to go. I think he was going to send it to the BAA. But when he was asked to be the coordinator, he held back. And I think he's sent that in to uh, Ken. And then he says, well, I'll be the coordinator, but... Jim Phillips has got to be my assistant, and I thought, oh no, here we go. <laughs> so, but I agreed, and we are really just getting started. Okay, well,
1: for those of you listening to this podcast, this is being recorded uh, April twenty eighteen. So, if you're listening to it fifteen years from now, you know, know the <laughs> section is up and running. They're doing really well, but they still need observations. All right. Yes. So, so you, you you're not you don't have any new ones coming in. So. This is something we can definitely help promote through this podcast. Uh, have there been significant discoveries ever made in the Lunar Dome, other than discoveries of other domes?
0: And your well, in your latest issue, there's a um, I think it's the latest issue. Mm-hmm. Mike Worth sent in a, a image of a of a clear cut. I mean, no question about it. No no uh, reason to uh, doubt it. It's an eye blink dome that had never been cataloged before whether it had never been discovered before we'll never know but it certainly was not in our catalog or in any other ones so you know just recently and in the I think it's the most recent uh, Alpo journal yeah, or it that, would be,
1: now you call it an eye blink what do you mean by that
0: it's like uh, looking at something and immediately recognizing what it is okay. without having to think twice, well, could this be a mountain? Could this be just a, a part of a, a wrinkle ridge? Or No. This thing is clearly a lunar dome. Okay.
1: So the observations that are made are basically looking for them, photographing them, or drawing them. That's what you're looking for? Yes. Okay. Is there a specific observing form that one should use for contributing to the section?
0: Well, we don't have one at this point. I won't rule that out, but... Uh, um, because it would be good to have some kind of uh, uh, form so that all the observations uh, can be recorded similarly and so Rafe and I can say you know we didn't say this before but let's make sure everybody includes uh, this that or the other and so we're, we're getting started right now I would say include everything include including your mother-in-law's first name <laughs> where you are what the time is in universal time uh, when your drawing was made or the median time, you know, if it took you 30 minutes to draw it, just give the 30 minute span. If you did a five minute, uh, okay. uh imaging, give the span or give the central time. And, um, that's pretty much, uh, what we're looking for now. Um, Rafe may also be looking for more assistance for writing and doing what I consider to be the the technical work, which is what he's so good at. I mean, Rafe loves volcanoes. He's Whether they're on the earth or on the moon, he loves volcanoes, and he really does a lot of research on the type of magma. forms various lunar domes and whether it's a a quick process or a slow process I mean it's amazing what he can do once he's got the information uh, in terms of where the thing is
1: Now you mentioned earlier about the book you guys wrote are you looking at at reissuing that with an
0: update? No I don't think so this was you know Unfortunately, uh, and this has happened in many other uh, areas with me, you get a, a group of people, there were four of us, and, I mean, we were hot on lunar domes, and we were in constant touch, uh, always emailing. Every time uh, the scene was halfway decent, I was out there imaging the moon over and over and over, and, <laughs> and uh, evening, early mornings, anytime I could get out. And we finally burned out, but luckily we got the book written before, you know, we just sort of collapsed, okay, uh, and all the all the energy was gone.
1: Now, is the, is the book still available, like on Amazon?
0: Oh yeah, okay. yes.
1: And what's the name of the book again?
0: Lunar domes: properties and formation processes. Okay, I will I will
1: find out on Amazon and put it in the link in the show notes. So if okay. somebody's interested in getting it, they could click there and and purchase it. Sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. Now where have the where do you publish your observations? You said the BAA?
0: Yeah well when we were at the GLR we had our own uh, Selenology today uh, okay. uh, journal where everything went. When G- the GLR post um, the book being published, let's just say it was published in 2013. So let's say around 2014, we sort of went our separate ways. And Rafe was still going. I mean, you can't slow that man down. (laughs) And so he found a position or was offered a position in the BAA um, where he continued uh, working on describing uh, lunar domes and uh, volcanoes on the moon and and anything related to that. And I still, like I said about the Couchy area, I would still – go out and uh, image an area and send it to Rafe and he would say oh great that's just what I need and he would go write an article about it and so up until this point most of the stuff has been um, published in the BAA although uh, Rafe has written chapters in books and encyclopedias and, and things like that on lunar domes as well but now it's going to be in the uh, Journal of the Alpo. Okay, great, great. That's where we want it, want to see it.
1: That's yeah. Good. Now, so the so the focus of the section is not really um, confirming previous uh, domes. It's now looking for new ones or ones yet yet to be discovered.
0: Or um, bringing attention to even if it's a dome that is known uh just somebody bringing it up you didn't check well have we really uh examined this dome have we really come up with all the information on it that we would like to have for our catalog okay. so i can understand uh somebody out there uh, like i was back in the, the 80s man i want to go find a lunar dome well know ahead of time you're not going to become famous because you've discovered a lunar dome all we say is that you have come across a dome that has never been cataloged there you go before and and for you to know uh when you find a dome on the moon is this one that's already been cataloged or is this a new one you'd have to be a genius with a uh, you know a photographic memory uh, to be able to go find the catalog as it now exists, uh, which I think only Rafe has access to, oh, really? to know for, to know for sure. So, um, so there isn't just, an online
1: catalog that one can go to and say, "Oh, let's see what this
0: object is here." I don't think so. Now, there there probably was one uh, back in the days of the GLR, and it may still be available. I'll uh. I'll check on that and get back with you. on Okay, it. that'd be great. Okay. because it needs to be somewhere.
1: Right, I, I agree. I mean, if, if if people are coming in wanting to quote unquote discover
0: lunar domes,
1: you know, this you need a resource to know if it's already been documented or not.
0: Yeah, but we don't want to uh, discourage someone from finding a dome, sending it in, and uh, you know, me saying, okay, that's one that's already cataloged. Uh, thank you very much. That's fine. There's yep. nothing wrong with that, too.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I'm i seeing this in an interesting way, too, because I run the training program with the ALPO, and I've always got students saying, okay, I want to observe the moon. What should I look at? And I always leave it up to them. But if we could tie in some new students to get them interested in the lunar dome section, too, just, you know, give them, a, and, few, yeah, no, give, and give them a few easy ones to observe, because a lot of the training program is systematic observations over a period of time and, and drawing that particular feature under different times of the month. You know,
0: how yeah, you and a change? great lunar dome field, uh, the uh, crater Hortensius and malicius have very conspicuous domes right next to the crater itself. Okay. Uh, Hortensius has... Six, but you're likely to only see five because you're likely to observe it in the evening. But if you observe it in the morning when the shadows are in the opposite direction, they're actually six. Huh. Um, the Malichius Pi is uh, uh, very easily seen right next to Malichius. And then from Malichius through Tobias Mayer is a vast lunar dome field that if you get the right Lighting conditions—you will just be amazed at what you can see. Fascinating! Wow. So that we nicknamed that Dome Land. <laughs> dome Land, okay. Amusement park sitting there, and oh, okay. and then the then the other type dome, which for the longest time I don't quite understand, but uh, the huge dome feel around uh, Marius. Those domes are not smooth and low. And hard to see except along the terminator. Those are relatively easy to see, most of them. Um, it's a mixture of, of the low-level domes and the uh, more steep, uh, um, steep domes where uh, the magma came out in blocks and, and built up like that. But they're still still lunar domes, and uh, the area around. Uh, uh, Marius is a great area to look and say, "Okay, this is not what the normal lunar dome is going to look like, except for in this area." But take a look; those okay. are the right size, well, and there good. are the smooth surface ones in that uh, in that dome field as well. Okay,
1: wow! So This—I I, I wish you a lot of luck with the resurgence of this section. It's an interesting field, it really is, and you figure the moon's up. Almost, you know, most of the nights of the, of the year, and, you know, it's, it's right yeah. there, and it's easy to see. And here's a project where people with a telescope, you're wondering what to do with the telescope. Here's something where you can get involved and do some actual science.
0: That's right. And I, as I recall, where Rafe and I are right now is we're going to start uh, publishing in the uh, Journal of the Alpo. The field around Marius, a, a little area at a time, so that I don't know if we're going to end up cataloging every one of the domes because there are, okay. there must be hundreds of them, but um, at least to give a good feel for that uh, dome field. And so look to the Jao Po for okay. uh, that information will be coming soon, too.
1: That sounds good. Now, the lunar section itself has a publication they put out as well. Are you involved with that? Or are you publishing in there as well? I'm not aware
0: of it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a no then.
1: Okay. Good. Well, uh, you have anything else you'd like to share before we close it out?
0: No. I have enjoyed uh, the discussion. It's a lot of fun doing amateur astronomy. I'm glad I've got a reason to still go look at the moon.
1: Fantastic. Now, how can everybody get a hold of you?
0: My email is the best. Uh thefamily90 at gmail.com the family 90 at gmail.com are you on the twitter or the facebook at all I am reevaluating facebook yes I am on facebook right now I
1: think a lot of people are re facebook right now
0: you know I I don't trust uh, uh, what I'm hearing in the And well, let's let's just totally stay away from politics and all that. You got it. But um, for the time being, I'm on Facebook, but I don't know if I'm going to stay.
1: Okay. That sounds that sounds very fair, Jim. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: thank you very much,
1: and I wish you luck with the section.
0: Okey doke. All right, I appreciate that. We, I'd rather be lucky than good. Well,
1: that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook podcast. I again want to thank our special guest, Jim Phillips, for coming on and talking about lunar domes. Get your telescopes and go look at them. We upload a new episode of the the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I do appreciate it. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Speaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and also that tubular thing in your house called the Amazon Echo. We're there everywhere. Um, You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. If you decide to be really generous, you can give us $35 a month. You'll receive one year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I really want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve sidentop for his generous continued support of the Observer's Notebook. Thank you very much, Steve. The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO is in the show notes. You can contact me via email at commentman at commentman dot net or on Twitter at at observersnbpod. If you want to join the ALPO, you can do so for only $14 a year. Just go to www.alpo-astronomy.org. And again, you can find the ALPO on Facebook by searching ALPO Astronomy and the Facebook page for the podcast, you can search for Observer's Notebook. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.